Betches Media presents. Will you suck? I'm in. To fix this water problem. Sorry to this man. You can have a hundred people in the room. And I, oh, goodbye, Kyle. At Betches. Rise and shine. Hello, guys. Welcome to another episode of At Betches. I am Chris Burns, aka Fat Carrie Bradshaw, and I am a video content creator and host of the bachelor podcast and today i'm joined by i'm dana samuel i'm the community manager and i also run the when's happy hour and you up instagram accounts and i'm dylan hafer assistant editor at betches and host of the mention it all podcast and the face behind bravo by betches and wow. so happy to be here with you guys i miss I know, you guys same. what a flawless intro that was we did very well <laughs> really truly flawless um chris what exciting topics are we talking about today? Okay, today we are talking about ABC casting their first Black Bachelor in history. Matt James only took 400 years. And then we are talking about celebrities responding to the Black Lives Matter um, I Take Responsibility video. We all know what Ooh. I'm talking about there. <laughs> and then finally, we will talk about Condé Nast employees sharing their salaries internally to highlight the pay inequality on a shared google doc which i'm here for i had i had quite a little moment this morning looking at that google doc and i don't know what i'm supposed to do with it but i don't know i felt like i was in some really good gossip uh i know the whole (laughs) spreadsheet is just like tea upon tea it's so good So before we get into today's topics, we want to remind you that we are currently doing the Good Influence Fund for Racial Justice. We're raising money to support four amazing organizations that are doing really important work to combat and dismantle systemic racism in our country. The organizations are Campaign Zero, The Bail Project, the NAACP, and the ACLU. To learn more about all four of these, and to donate to the Good Influence Fund, you can go to betches.co slash donate. Um, we have been focusing a lot the last few weeks on these issues, and this is just one way that we can, you know, make a little contribution and do some good for the world. So, yeah, yes. betches.co slash donate. Check it out. Um, okay, are you guys ready to talk Bachelor? Oh, let's I... do it. For somebody who doesn't watch The Bachelor, I am always ready to talk The Bachelor. Like, <laughs> I know I Dylan people... is. I've noticed that actually, like when we'd be in the office, I'm like, for someone that doesn't watch The Bachelor, Dylan um, knows so much about The Bachelor. I feel like it's half for my job and half because I love drama that I'm always like. It's like I I will not watch the show, but I'm on like Reddit and Twitter and stuff the minute after like okay who got sent home who's still there who is fucking up um and who is fucking up for once it's not abc they did something good (laughs) kind of i know well it took a really long time but they did it so after they got a cyber bullied into doing it (laughs) for literally like 20 minutes (laughs) so Uh, matt james also said like because they asked him on good morning america like how he feels about how it took so long. And he said, there's no wrong time to do the right thing. But of course he's not gonna bite the hand that is literally currently feeding him, so. Yeah, I mean, I think it's the kind of thing where anyone with a sense of 
this knows that ABC has fucked up and taken way too long to do any semblance of the right thing. So, you know, it's certainly not a one and done thing in terms of doing the right thing, but, you know, it's better that they're doing it than not doing it. So I think this is a good, it's like a, it's a stepping stone. It's a starting point and we're going to need to see some more. Well, that's (laughs) what everyone thought during when Rachel Lindsay was made Bachelorette in 2017. It was like, okay, well, they're there. Now it's going to like be more diverse (laughs) for good. Um, But they were like, no, we did that in 2017 and that's it. I mean, yeah, it's like they're doing it to uh, like fend off the bullying for a little bit. Like, okay, we'll, we'll throw them the Black Bachelor and then that'll keep them, keep them quiet for a little bit. But like you both said, it's just, it's just a stepping stone. Good that they didn't just, you know, swerve around it because it was really like that decision would have made or break, made or broken them. Yeah, I would say, but right. Well, it's interesting. So last week there was this petition that was started to demand more, you know, work on the racial injustice in the Bachelor franchise. And the petition, which is signed by like over almost 100,000 people at this point, it lays out 13 specific points and calls on ABC to do all of these specific things. First of which is having a Black Bachelor for season 25, which, okay, check mark. Season but 25, I, which is... <laughs> season 25 but I don't understand so a lot of people have been trying to like unpack whether ABC just made this choice and this announcement because of the pressure they were getting and I think the obvious answer is yes but they're trying to kind of play it off like they made some comments that were like oh well we've been we've been getting to know Matt for a while and we all thought this was a good idea and we could have announced it whenever and it's like okay sure but Either way, it really seems like it was a knee-jerk reaction. So I wish, I think ABC could have saved themselves some criticism if they had made the announcement and also committed to some of the other stuff in the petition at the same time. Because right now it's like, okay, you made this good announcement, but you haven't even acknowledged any of the other issues. So... I don't know. Yeah, or if they had even been like, we heard you and we're like starting to try to make steps towards it because no, they did not have this like planned before all of this. Like he was cast in Claire's season and there was already drama about Claire saying that like she didn't want him there because he was already on Cameo and stuff. And she was (laughs) like, I don't want someone that's like clearly there for clout. And I don't know. It's like, seems very much like they were just like, oh, you know what? He already signed the contract. So (laughs) we're good. We can just, (laughs) we did the background checks already. It would have been even a little better. I totally agree with Dylan and what you said, if they did some other stuff in addition to making him the bachelor, but even if the bachelor or the bachelorette or, you know, anyone of high, high uh, status in the franchise would have said some kind of comment even prior to Mm -hmm. making it some kind of anything related to black lives matter yeah abc as a network posted their little paragraph whatever but that was it yeah it was actually wild to me this entire time that the official bachelor and bachelorette instagram accounts had made no kind of comment not even like a general abc statement where it's like we 
we are committed to diversity. And all of and they were like promoting their greatest seasons, whatever bullshit. And then all of a sudden, after saying nothing and nothing and nothing, it was Matt James is the bachelor. Hey guys, like don't don't forget we're doing we're doing this. <laughs> look, yeah. look at us. Definitely. Was, and wait, you had nothing to say this entire time. <laughs> and as a a woman of color, a woman of color myself, the I mean, I I had no interest in watching The Bachelor. I mean, even now, if I'm being completely honest, but even <laughs> before Rachel Lindsay, Rachel Lindsay season, especially, I you know, it didn't really appeal to me. The people on the show didn't look like me. Granted, I was, I mean, a teenager, a young teenager at that point, so I wasn't really like looking for shows about people (laughs) dating 25 guys at a time and all that stuff. But I mean, that was the first season I watched was Rachel Lindsay season. I watched it start to finish and I was, yeah. And I was pretty invested in it because of the fact that it was so, you know, historic. She was the first black bachelorette. She was looking for love. I wanted her, you know, to do her thing, to be happy in the end. And that was it like that was it for three years now maybe four years who knows when they're gonna actually be able to do matt season but yeah. <laughs> i know and rachel's season was so good i know it was fantastic I it was wasn't like emotional. it wasn't like we got a, i mean it's ridiculous to even think that this would be a thing but it's not like the season was lower quality and like they had some excuse for not wanting to you know cast more diversely in the future it was like it was a good season like I don't, yeah, it's, I don't know. I mean, I have, like, really mixed feelings about The Bachelor in general, just, like, as a show that I don't enjoy watching that much, but yeah. I think it's it's apparently clear more than ever now that they have a lot of work to do, and they haven't really, other than casting Matt James, they haven't really expressed any commitment to doing that work. Yeah, we'll have to see know. how the the casting goes for Claire's guys and also for matt's girls we'll see what the the situation is there i know because they've said chris has said chris harrison has said that they will have to recast at least some of the guys on claire's season just because of logistics and i feel like it's kind of representative of this idea of diversity overall that it's like oh yeah we have this great group of guys like you know there's guys from all walks of life and they're different ages and you know whatever and it's like no in this specific instance you need to be looking at racial diversity and not just casting 25 white guys but some of them are uh outdoorsy and some of them are clean cut yeah some (laughs) of them like have lost their mother like that doesn't make diversity This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Think of yourself like a bottle of sparkling water. Get too shaken up and you're eventually going to burst. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I love therapy. I've been to therapy for many years and I love that when I have a big problem, I don't have to wait and let it fester and let it get bigger. I can start bringing it up in therapy and talk through it before it becomes an even bigger problem. Figuring out how to find coping skills when I've encountered anything that triggers me or stresses me is one of the main things that I've really learned from therapy and has helped me so much in my life. It's helped me to be a better version of myself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. 
Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Betches today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Betches. Speaking of, so I know Dylan's very uh, knowledgeable about Bravo and other reality shows. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. As am I. I (laughs) I mean, I like watch a lot of a lot of Bravo myself, but Bravo's also been heavily criticized for diversity issues. And something with Bravo that I've always found weird is how they kind of keep it like segregated. Like I've never, like why, like, yes, they have Potomac and they have Atlanta, but like up until Garcelle joining the Beverly Hills cast, like it was all white girls, all black girls with very few exceptions, like Kim Zolciak. Right. It's, it's interesting because I know, I know people, or I've, I've had people say to me when, you know, talking about diversity on Bravo, they are, they think of Bravo as this beacon for diversity because they have all these shows with casts of color and, you know, they have Real Houses of Atlanta and Shaws of Sunset. And of course those are important and those shows are important and they show experiences of people of color and, you know, black women succeeding and, you know, going through all these things in life. But just because you have quote unquote black shows or, you know, diversity shows that's not indicative of a culture of diversity exactly on the network as a whole and it's almost well i'm glad that we have those shows the fact that most of the other shows have all white casts almost makes it feel kind of icky that it's like okay so we have all the white shows and then like the two shows that aren't the white shows and it's like there shouldn't be just the white shows like and the thing is you would think they would even want like Atlanta is like one of the highest rated, like highest. It's the highest rated show on the network consistently. So I'm like, why would you not want to expand on what is clearly what people are loving, you know? Um, and I've heard like Potomac is th- so good. I have been oh three God. seasons of Potomac in the past, <laughs> like two and a half weeks. And I want like a housewife swap season where they all like swap. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the dream but it's it's also because like at BravoCon you see that they all are like friends with each other you see Erica Jane hanging out with like people from Atlanta you see right so I'm like it would work in theory if they wanted to mix things up like these people actually are friends with each other I do think it's hard because one thing with some of these shows is that it's allegedly depicting a real group of friends or whatever and Take, for example, The Real Housewives of New York. I don't necessarily think that somebody like Ramona Singer, who's a 60-year-old woman from the Upper East Side, I don't think she has a lot of diversity in her life. But the thing is, when you have these shows, they're, they're casting from a wider circle. They're not only casting these people's best friends and sisters and, you know, like if they really want to have diversity on the show, they can make it a priority and find, you know, interesting dynamic women that still fit in the, in the circle of the cast, even if they're not, yeah. you know, already close friends with the people. It's not. That's the thing. If the, if the issue is they're, they're only casting white women that don't have any friends of color, like then they should also be looking at that as like, 
a red flag. Right. And when you're casting a show, it's like, you can cast whoever you want. It's an easy way out to say, oh, well, we're just trying to, it's, we're just showing a group of friends. But yeah. it's like, no, you've, you've cast randos before and pretended totally. that they know people in the cast. Leah on the season of Real Housewives of New York didn't know any of these women before. So it's, there's no reason that you couldn't cast a black woman or a Hispanic woman or any woman of color and, you know, make it work. And they yeah. should. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I feel like I've Rant thought about over. this. I feel like I've thought about this so much in the last few weeks, but I haven't been on this podcast, and so I'm like, because <laughs> I, yeah, it's I don't know. I'm like, it is. It it does. They need to. I don't know, because that's the thing. There's so much people can be like Bravo does have all of these shows, like Married to Medicine, and every like they show diverse women, especially. But it's like they keep it like none of these women would mingle in real life. And it's like, it's fucking Los Angeles and New York. Like, <laughs> there's definitely friend groups of mixed races. Can we, can we bring back Bad Girls Club? I would love to bring back Bad Girls Club. <laughs> um, I feel like that was an equal opportunity craziness. <laughs> Nobody... I don't know. I miss. I have to re-binge Bad Girls Club. I watched it when I was so young that I shouldn't have been watching it, I feel like. (laughs) (laughs) We've all been there, trying to fit everything we might need for a trip, only to end up with a suitcase bursting at the seams. But with Base, there's room for everything. 15 pairs of underwear for a weekend trip? No problem. Deciding between a few pairs of shoes? Bring them all with Base. It is my go-to travel bag. I love that the bag expands because I'm a chronic overpacker and it still fits in the overhead compartment. It just makes it so much easier to travel when I know there's a special place for everything. It makes me feel like a more organized version of myself. And I love that cushioned handle. I always get compliments on it too from anyone who's helping me with my bags. Base has thought of everything you could ever want in a piece of luggage. 360 degree gliding wheels, a cushioned handle, built-in weight indicator, washable bags for your dirty clothes, and all the interior pockets you need. Their luggage comes in multiple sizes and colors, and for shorter trips, the Weekender bag is super functional and even has a place to store your shoes separately. Every piece is made to look better with miles, so you don't have to worry about it in cargo or overhead. And Base has over 30,000 five-star reviews. Whether you're packing for a quick trip or looking to breeze through the security line, Base has your personal items covered. Right now, Base is offering our listeners 15% off your first purchase by visiting basetravel.com slash betches. Go to basetravel.com slash betches for 15% off your first purchase. That's B-E-I-S travel.com slash betches. Um, all right, so let's move on. Did you guys watch the fucking I Take Responsibility video? Did I ever? Unfortunately, <laughs> I did. The second I, it started, I was like, oh, why did you do this? You hear the music, the sad music. <laughs> the black and white. The, the black and white. They're all wearing black shirts, which I, I want to hope, I want to think they coordinated in a group text or something. And this fucking script that they're all reading off of, visibly reading I, their lines. Visibly. So visibly reading their lines off the side of the camera. And I'm like, it's, these are world-renowned actors, some of there's, them. Uh, there are Oscar <laughs> winners in like, this video. <laughs> Learn your it's, line. So the script is so painfully, it's like, it's like you asked a computer, like a, a robot, to be like, write something sad. 
or write something meaningful. <laughs> Siri, write, write something <laughs> meaningful. I was just gonna say Siri. <laughs> and it's like, it's, oh my God, everything they're saying is just the epitome of white guilt, which is not a helpful sentiment right now. I feel like, I don't know who thought this was the right decision. It's, it, it's just bad. I just, I, I couldn't help but laugh. I mean, I was laughing watching it. And obviously that was not the intention. But it's, I know I read something, they compared it to Gal Gadot when she did the Imagine video mm-hmm. and all those celebrities were singing. That was a fucking singing. train wreck too. And <laughs> I, I don't know if you saw um, John Mayer. I was just going to say that. <laughs> the John yeah. Mayer thing where he, if anyone hasn't seen it, you should look it up. It's funny. He basically said that, oh, he... They, they wanted him to be a part of it, but he didn't know which Imagine they were talking about, and he was singing the Ariana Grande version, and it was... I mean, it was just taking... Such an the, epic troll. It was so good, but honestly, it, I mean, what are you really accomplishing by making this? You, you like, pat yourself on the back. Mm, okay, I took responsibility for my racism. I'm done now. Yeah, the thing with this right now is that so many people's immediate reaction to a video like this is to say, open your purse. What are you doing? And I think there's a place for words and for them to share their thoughts. But the thing is, these are people that could share their their words and say what they're doing. They can say, I'm only going to work on projects that have such and such amount of people of color in positions of power, of diverse stories. You know, these are people that can make decisions that have wide implications in addition to just donating money and stuff. So it's like, if you're gonna make a video of yourself talking, first of all, maybe you don't need to, but if you are, say something that actually is gonna have an impact versus just, I'm I'm gonna stop explaining away systemic racism, which like, what? (laughs) Yeah, and it would have, I I definitely, definitely agree that that route would have been so much more impactful, especially if, oh, I'm only going to work on projects like, you know, what you just said, but even if they were speaking from a place of, of, like, a, a genuine feeling or experience, because some of them, like we said before, you could see their eyes darting off the <laughs> camera, and it's like, what are you, you're obviously reading off of a, a whiteboard or if you've got it like that, a, a prompter or whatever. But even if they just said a personal experience or something in which they are now acknowledging after learning all of these things, after watching these documentaries or reading these books or whatever, something that they've done that they didn't realize was inherently wrong in the moment and now they want to own up to it. Even that, I mean, still not necessarily necessary that you make a whole video of yourself talking about it but even that would have been better than just i i take responsibility for yeah calling my black friends my black friends like whatever <laughs> like good bitch i hope so like good <laughs> and sarah paulson in particular i was like you know better than that <laughs> like you sarah paulson sarah i was like paulson? you know oh. better than this bitch what are you doing? Stanley Tucci? Like, Stanley Tucci, go do anything else. Like, also, okay, there were a few other, so Stanley Tucci seemed random to me. Benny Joy Lentz from One Tree Hill. I was like, how are you famous enough to get an invite to this, yeah. honestly? 
that was puzzling. She must share an agent with somebody else. And then Allie Raisman, gymnast legend icon, is randomly in the video. And I'm like, every other one of these people is like an A-list actor. And yeah. And just have <laughs> Olympic champion Allie Raisman being like, I'll do better too. Like, who <laughs> sent the group text? Really puzzling. <laughs> I want to know whose idea it was and who sent the, the text to this group. I was like, hey, guys, who's in? It's like a hodgepodge of random people. Like, I don't know who who collected them. It's like first first 17 people to like this message get to be in this video that we're doing about responsibility and racism. Go. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's funny because, yeah, with the Gal Gadot Imagine one, at least we know that she was the one putting it together. And you can draw your conclusions from there. With this, this was done in partnership with the NAACP, I believe, which it's like, who at the end, I mean, I'm not, clearly not the one making the decisions, but like, re- like really? I don't know a single person who liked this video. So it's, it was like, there were a couple celebrities in there too, that I, I know are very good allies and activists and stuff in real life and have been very vocal about everything that's going on that were in the video and I was like damn really you two (laughs) no I know well also maybe they didn't realize like what the video was gonna be (laughs) but when you got the script script ahead of time (laughs) and I would have been like you didn't fucking tell me it was gonna be in black and white and you were gonna put some like uh in the arms of an angel music behind it for just one dollar like, a day. I was misled here. <laughs> I hope that's Sarah Paulson's excuse, at least. Listen, we all know that scratchy PJs can make a cranky kid. I want my kids to be comfy when they sleep and are rested in the morning. And that's why I snuggle them up in Little Sleepies. Little Sleepies makes award-winning bamboo PJs that moms rave about. I am said mom. I am obsessed with little sleepies. They are so, so, so soft. I just got one that was the Checkmates Zippy for my son, Lucas. It's so adorable and it's limited edition. So everybody go check it out. Little Sleepies Zip Romper Pajamas, aka Zippies, the ones that I got, were designed with thoughtful details like fold over feet, mittens, and a double zipper to make the middle of the night diaper changes easier. Made from the buttery soft custom milled Luna Lux bamboo viscose, Their Zip Footy Pajamas are gentle on sensitive skin and babies with eczema. But what parents rave about the most? How long they fit. And Little Sleepies makes the best baby shower gift. They have inclusive sizing from preemie to adults 3X. There are also nursing and pregnancy-friendly styles available for adults. So try a pair of Little Sleepies today. Fair warning, you'll never go back. You can try Little Sleepies for yourself by visiting littlesleepies.com. Plus, get 15% off your order on littlesleepies.com with code BETCHES. That's L-I-T-T-L-E-S-L-E-E-P-I-E-S.com with promo code BETCHES. But speaking of being open about things, so Condé Nast (laughs) has longly been, I feel like, criticized about racial issues and racial injustice and paying their uh, employees different salaries. So some employees started a Google Doc where everyone anonymously entered their position, their title, uh, gender, sexual orientation, salary, how long they've been there, like how many years experience they had. 
um, and they've already had 280 people fill it out. Um, I looked at the spreadsheet a little. I honestly was surprised by how little a lot of them are paid. Like, in general, I was like, oh, the people that are making the big salaries aren't doing this. Right. Yeah. But you can see the difference in the in the salaries just out of what's on there. Chris, yeah. you don't think Anna Wintour has filled out the Google Doc? <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if it says editor-in-chief, like <laughs> 7. 15 6 million, million. <laughs> plus bonuses. <laughs> and it's like... Bonus. Bonus. 24-7 town car access. <laughs> House in the Hamptons. <laughs> I, yeah. So, Connie Nast, I think a lot of people have kind of been vaguely aware of some of the shady shit that go has gone down but um the past couple weeks has been rough particularly at bon appetit um they've become super super popular with their youtube channel the last couple years and they have always had a whole lot of white people on screen um and this one person who's on their youtube channel sola el wali she is first of all she's like amazing she's like one of the best ones for sure and she came out publicly and said that she that none of the um, people of color that appear in the videos get paid extra for that, and only the white mm. people do, which is insane. Yeah. Even, even like it's just insane that not everybody gets paid for being in these videos. Like if one if anybody's getting paid, everybody should be getting paid. And the fact that it is along racial lines is deeply fucked up. Um, but so that kind of spurred a bunch of stuff and some others in different areas of Condé Nast shared, you know, their experiences of racism in the workplace and pay disparity. And yeah, I think this Google Doc is a really important thing, both for Condé Nast specifically to hopefully fix their wrongdoing, but also in terms of the general wider culture, we don't really talk about income that much it's such a taboo topic still yeah i think that spreadsheet honestly spoke volumes and obviously it wasn't you know exhaustive of everyone who works there but i actually i made no i told you guys this earlier but i was looking through it and i found two different people entered they're both in producer positions they've been in the position for a year at condé nast and one was a white straight man, part-time worker, two years experience, and he makes 190K. What? Yeah, I mean, that's a totally different just area of rage. But (laughs) um, that is insane. Just a a quaint 190K. Um, And then a queer Afro-Latina woman, full-time employee, four years experience, it said she made 80K. So that in itself was you know when Tor is like, hey, my my friend's son needs a job. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start him off at 190. Part-time. Yeah. He's only gonna come in and do a tight 20 hours a week. <laughs> tight 20. Nothing more than that. That is oh my god. Imagine making that much money for working part-time. Imagine making that much money. But <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's crazy to me that, like, this... I hope that this girl looks at the spreadsheet and sees that also. I know. The woman was one of the first entries, and I had to scroll for a while to see um, 
to see another producer British position. So I hope she goes back and does a little, I don't know, control F producer, something like that. And sees what it is and (laughs) asks for a hefty raise. Yeah. Because, I mean, she has more experience and she's full time. It's, that is insane. it, It just doesn't make any sense. And I think that is sort of brings up the, the question of should it be, the new norm to talk to your coworkers about salary and it doesn't necessarily need to be like the day you arrive on the job hey how much do you make but in general what do you what do you guys think um i go ahead i was just gonna say uh i think yeah obviously it should be openly discussed and i feel like it's not because you're afraid of that moment when somebody's like, what? You make how much? And then they go and you're going to like get in trouble. I worked at a grocery store in high school and I remember being like 16 and 17 and they were like very, cause we're all fucking like teenagers in high school. Obviously we're talking about it and they would like, we would get written up if we were caught like discussing how much we got paid. But then I found out this kid was making more than me and I'd been there longer and I got a raise because I was like, actually, it's illegal for you to like get me in trouble for talking about this. <laughs> um, yeah, you're a little, uh, you're a little activist there from yeah, a young age. I used to like, <laughs> I yes, I was. <laughs> I think it's good. So, in general, I think it is a good thing if we become a little more open about discussing salary and you know just income in general, but I think especially at a large company like Condé Nast, where there are thousands of employees, there are lots of, there's lots of overlap in people having similar types of positions, particularly at a company like that or any big corporation. I think it's especially important because, you know, there are, if there are 10 people that have the same job, they should all be getting paid on the same scale according to, you know, how much experience they have, whatever. But it's like, there's no, there's no like excuse for that when it's at the same company and, you know, taking that into finance and all, you know, every kind of like corporate angle, it's like all of these companies should be taking a really close look right now at their, you know, salary practices because it's not a good look. And I'm sure that it's, I'm sure that it's something that you could find at most large companies, just if I had to take a guess. And I hope that companies, even that aren't being publicly called out, are being proactive in looking at their own, you know, way of doing things. Because that's what we should all be doing right now, is whatever you have control of, handle your shit and make sure that you're not making racist decisions and, you know, upholding a system of oppression and so i hope it's the beginning of a larger change yeah, yeah. and i was gonna <clears throat> excuse me i was gonna say also you bringing up the like race um consideration and all of this too that's something that again as a woman of color that i don't like that i have as like a a thought in in my head at all times but especially if i go to a new position or this has happened to me at previous jobs. If I'm going into a position that someone else just had, they still work there, you know, they got promoted to a new spot. And if they don't look like me or if they're a man and I'm a woman or if they're white and I'm not, I can't help but 
have like a burning desire to want to know how much they make. So I think that just sort of circle back circles back to to it shouldn't be so taboo to want to talk about this if that's something that you're comfortable with bringing up to your coworkers or whoever it might be, then do it because at least for me because there's all this these um unequal pay for women race different races women versus men etc that i want to know if i'm being lowballed just because i'm a woman or because i'm a black woman on top of that yeah and there's so many things that like contribute i think to like unfair pay advantages like yeah from that like I've worked at so many places and I'm like, why is this person making more? And it's like, cause they're friends with the person that decides how much they're making. It's like shit like yeah. that. And I think that if any companies are like worried about their employees discussing their salaries, then like take a minute and wonder why you're worried about it. Right. Right. That, that just occurred to me that it's like the, if there was nothing shady or nothing, you know, wrong going on in terms of that then companies wouldn't have a reason to be worried or even care if employees are discussing stuff like this so even the idea that you could get in trouble for talking about it or you shouldn't talk about it or you shouldn't share it publicly that is it's kind of like where there's smoke there's fire like if everybody just was getting paid the right amount and the same amount as people that are equal to them then nobody would really give a shit it would just be like oh yeah like i want to raise like can i have a raise not like it wouldn't be this larger issue but clearly it is and like if they can if you can justify like you know they have this much experience they can do these skills that you don't have like there are obviously reasons that somebody should be getting paid more but like yeah if you don't have those reasons then like that is the problem um yeah but regardless, it's, what a it's, chat we've had today. What a chat. So you know, we, we got a lot off our chests. <laughs> yeah, we, I think really... we did. And, you know, much like Bryce Dallas Howard, we're going to work on not explaining away police brutality. Um, <laughs> I take responsibility. You know, it's, we just, we've got to stop explaining it away. Um <laughs> Um, okay, guys, so be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to At Batches. I am Fat Carrie Bradshaw. I'm Dana Samuel. <laughs> I'm Dylan Haper. Thanks for listening, guys. And we will talk to you next week. Batches.